Bernhardt. WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. With the Pirates on a hot streak that is both epic and classic, I'd like to play the what-if game. We know the Pirates could have kept Garrett Cole, and we know he's making 6.5 mil, and we know he's pitching very well in Houston. So what if the Pirates had kept Garrett Cole, and back in 215, after the season, after they had won 98 games, what if the Pirates had re-signed Jay Happ? Not that we know Hap wanted to stay, but like I said, this is the what-if game. Hap is pitching pretty good for Toronto. He made the All-Star game, same as Cole. Hap is making 13 mil. Okay, if you had Hap and Cole to this Pirate rotation, they're in a much better position. The Pirates would probably be in a wild card spot right now. You don't have Musgrove if you keep Cole, but you don't need Musgrove if you got Cole. You don't have Moran to play third, but he's replaceable at a reasonable price. Or maybe you play David Freeze or everyone's hero, Serpico. And maybe Young Ho Gung is ready to take back the spot at third sooner than we think. If the Pirates have happened Cole, they add $19.5 million in payroll. And if they added $19.5 million in payroll, guess what? The Pirates would still rank only 22nd in payroll in MLB. Still bottom third, and they would have Happ and Cole and be in a wild card spot, no doubt. The payroll would be $104 million if you added 19.5. That's still 22nd. The Pirates made 86 mil over the last two years. They got a 50 mil payout this year from the tech sale. If they do fall short this year, make sure you remember exactly why. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. You know what the response to this is going to be, right? Ah, you can't do it. Can't do that. Can't afford that. Well, why can't you? Why can't the Pirates spend more money? Just to go over those stats, Cole is 10-2 with a 2.54 ERA for Houston, .980 whip. Hap 10 and 6, 4.18 ERA for Toronto, 1.175 whip, and like I said, both made the all-star game. Uh, I posted this earlier on a blog, and I got some tweets saying, well, what about Charlie Morton? Charlie Morton was injured almost all of 2016 with a torn hamstring, so speculation with him uh, isn't so clear-cut. But heck, what if they had kept Charlie Morton? What if they had Morton, Hap, and Cole on this team? It's scary. Morton only making $7 million. The payroll would still be in the bottom third if they added Morton and Cole and Hap. I was talking before about movie remakes, and I, I Googled during the short break we had. Uh, the only guy talking about the, that 70s show movie is... Uh, Wilmer Valderrama, and he is uh, pushing for it because, again, I'm sure he could use a a payday. But speaking of uh, sequels, 
Adam McKay says a 2018 Step Brothers remake could feature Dale and Brennan as big Trump supporters. Well, that would alienate half your audience by making fun of it, but yeah, good idea. Uh, I don't think a Step Brothers remake uh, reunion would work, sequel, whatever. That 70s show, I'd watch it, but I bet it would suck. I mean, the high school reunion plot line already got done by American Pie. So uh, I don't think that is readily accessible. And the Deadwood movie, I'd watch that. The Sopranos movie, I'd watch that if they do that. But you know what I should do? I should start a subscription service. But no, people would wrap me out. How much would you guys pay if I had like a, a web page or or a, or I, somebody DM stuff to you? The stuff I censor on the show before I say it. You'd wrap me out though. That's the problem. Although would I get in trouble if it was for a subscription service? How much would you pay for that? Would you pay five bucks a month for all my uncensored stuff? I, 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 I can't. I don't feel I can say. I could say it and see what happens. I'm going to give Bob a couple of my my lines I've censored today uh, during the break, and then when he joins me at, at 4:50 or so, he could say whether or not I could get away with saying them. I thought we banned Kenny from Turtle Creek. Why is he on hold? Uh, put him on. Kenny. Hello? Yeah, what do you want, Kenny? Hi, Mark. How are you? You're banned. Goodbye. What a nerd. Let's go to Sean in Fort Lauderdale. Sean, you're on with the super genius. Yeah, Mark, thank you. Uh, I wanted to talk about Gabe Rivera. My uh, stepdad was a physician at the Allegheny General at the time, uh, when he was brought in, uh, they, I remembered it happened on a Thursday night, and I saw what happened, and my mother and my stepdad... Why is this a topic on... of discussion just out of the clear blue sky? Because uh, he gave me the lowdown on what hap- uh, about what happened before it was even reported about his uh, situation. Okay, well, when did that happen? Why do I care about that? Why does anybody care about that? Okay, maybe not. Yeah, goodbye. That's like hijacking the show. I don't care about Gabe Rivera. I stopped caring once he was, once his career was over. I feel bad about what happened, but he drove drunk and reaped what he sowed. Passed away recently. Sad to hear that, but he reaped what he sowed. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine tonight. Uh, Dortmund and Benfica at Heinz Field. I'm going to be going down for that. Uh, Dortmund fourth in the Bundesliga last year. Usually they finish second behind Bayern Munich. Got a lot of great players. Christian Pulisic, Pulisic, who we had on the show yesterday. Uh, Nuri Sahin, Mario Gatsi, Marco Royce, probably their best player. Benfica finished second in the Portuguese league last year. Uh, Jonas, one of the Jonas brothers, led the league in scoring. Oh, wow. Talk of the devil. Uh, being reported, the Blue Jays are reportedly close to trading Jay Happ. There would be so much irony if he came back to Pittsburgh, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, good article in the Post-Gazette today about uh, high school sports. 
and the notion of having separate leagues or divisions or playoffs for non-boundary schools and for public schools. Now, by non-boundary schools, I mean private, parochial, or charter schools, like Swickley Academy is a non-boundary school. Central Catholic is a non-boundary school. And the impetus for this is people upset that non-boundary schools have won a lot of championships. In the major sports especially, uh, non-boundary schools have won 64% of state boys' basketball championships, 59% of state girls' basketball championships, and 50% of state football championships. And that is an uneven split because 76% of schools in Pennsylvania are public schools. The other 24% are non-boundary schools. Now, uh, overall, if you include all the sports, not just uh, basketball and football, uh, public schools have won 66% of championships, two-thirds. Now, uh, the non-boundary schools winning all those championships in major sports, it is a disparity, but so what? Adults shouldn't overcomplicate kids' sports. And the superintendent at Newcastle, Newcastle schools, John Sarandria, he's in the paper trying to be the voice of reason. Meanwhile, when Sarandria coached Newcastle boys basketball, he brought in a ton of ringers from all over the place and won championships and, and got away with it. The Whippeal let the transfer stand. I heard he even recruited Jennifer Bolano to come be the captain of the cheerleading squad at Newcastle High back in the day. She was enrolled at uh, at Carn City, I believe. But she was recruited to come in and uh, lead the Newcastle High School cheerleading squad. So Jen was a ringer. The Penn's PR lady was a ringer cheerleader. Uh, to, to return to the topic at hand, make it simple. If you go to a school, you play for that school and put all the schools in the same league. If you want to compromise, here's one. Non-boundary schools have to play up one class. That's their handicap. If your enrollment dictates 3A, you play in 4A. Uh, I have no problem with kids going to private school to better their athletic careers or to transfer schools to better their athletic careers as long as they move, as long as they live in the district in which they attend high school. Each kid deserves what's best for him or her, and I think overcomplicating it any more than that is just foolhardy. Your thoughts, 412-333-9939. But first, we got Tim Bentz. He's a Trib columnist. He's on the Steelers Radio Network, and he joins me live from training camp next on 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. You don't have an option. You think it's the you show? It's the me show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Come on. The lights, the robe, the hair, the woo! The X at 105.9. Uh, some on Twitter had their panties in a bunch because Marte hit a home run last night, squared up the bunt today, got hit by the next pitch, left the game with an injured hand, and nobody on the Pirates pitching staff retaliated with an HBP between then and game's end. Ordinarily, I'd say that's correct, but when you've won 11 straight, you just want to try to win 12 straight, as opposed to starting shenanigans. Joining me now from Latrobe, where there will be shenanigans aplenty in the foreseeable future, 
from the Trib and from the Steelers Radio Network, it's Tim Benz. Tim, Antonio Brown showed up for camp in a helicopter. Uh, his girlfriend and three kids were also in it. I'm assuming the Instagram models came in a separate limo. Yes, that was the ride of the Valkyries helicopter. The Renegade helicopter showed up a little bit later, Mark. Uh, yeah, he set the tone. Wait, wait, wait. What's the difference? <laughs> no, there there was not a second helicopter, but I'm assuming the Instagram models came with the... Uh, no, no, in a limo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, That didn't show up until... I don't think that'll show up until after the media leaves. In a limo at a cheap motel. <laughs> well, there's, there's plenty of those around Westmoreland County. I can guarantee you that. Now, who else showed up in what? That was pretty limited this time around. Vince Williams showed up kind of doing a gimmick, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling entrance gimmick with a leather jacket with spikes around the Steelers emblem and a WWE belt over his shoulder. Aside from that, though, the shenanigans, as you referenced before, were kept to those two. Now, I saw that uh, a bunch of players got asked about what James Harrison said. Did anybody ask Tomlin? Not yet, because he hasn't spoken. Uh, he will after the run test, which is going on right now. But we haven't had a chance to speak to Tomlin about that yet. Marquise Pouncey addressed it and defended uh, Mike Tomlin. That comes as no surprise, given how vocal Pouncey was against James Harrison when Harrison was let go back in December of last year. And it seems to be a unified front in that regard. Uh how will the Steelers handle the anthem controversy? Is anybody going to ask him about it? Because, Tim, from now till week one, that's the big story in the NFL, isn't it? Yeah, there was very little discussion about that. Not a ton of guys spoke. Uh, there was a lot of conversation about the distractions at large for the Steelers, which, if you believe it or not, at first Antonio Brown said, what distractions? Um, uh, seeing as how he was a part of a few of them during minicamp this year, I can't believe he entirely forgot about the march. But uh, the anthem was certainly at fault in their own estimation, in part for why they lost to Chicago. So that's legitimate, and they better figure out what to deal or how to deal with it, not just as a team, but the players and the NFL need to come together on that. I agree with what you said earlier. It's hurting the brand, not just of the league, but of the individual players. And since they're all so concerned about that, come to an agreement, get it over with. And you know what else? It'll help the country, too, for that matter, because every time Trump wants to squirrel out of something, he just brings up the anthem and starts the dialogue again. Right, because it's the only thing he appears to be winning at. Uh, I just think the Steelers have to have a policy that they all come out and they all stand. And if somebody doesn't like it, try to find them someplace else to play because the Steelers definitely have always been protective of their brand and they can't have what happened in Chicago repeat itself. Not ever again. Right, and that's the biggest problem, Mark, is that they've got the easiest reason in the world to be united because they do have a guy in Villanueva that served and has so publicly been out front on this thing. So why not use that as the rationale for we're all going to be united? Well, now, 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 see, you brought up the one reason that, that I would backtrack on it because I, I don't care about him. I mean, you uh, don't, You don't, but I mean, I think the public does, and I think the public connects the two. Yeah, the public shouldn't because this has never been about uh, about poking any disrespect at the military. No, it hasn't. But I would also question how forthright the players are being when they discuss how involved they are with the cause as it relates to police violence. I mean, after all, did you hear a peep out of anyone as it related to the Antoine Rose situation, either in Pittsburgh or outside of it? Which is why it shouldn't be all that hard to set a policy, uh, quite frankly. One more thing about A.B., 
uh, when he came in on the helicopter, and I saw mm-hmm. that video, Tim, all I could think of was, boy, aren't you the guy who said you couldn't stand to be under the constant scrutiny from the media? That's inviting scrutiny from the media. In fact, it's, 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 it's campaigning for it. Yeah, that was ironic, wasn't it? And I tweeted exactly that when I put the video out there, Mark, as we were watching this helicopter land. It struck me. How long ago was it? 30 days, 45 days ago, where he sat in front of all of us and said he was tired of his Google alerts going off? Yeah, he looked like he's he was almost in tears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He couldn't take it anymore. He's a walking, talking Google alert. He's his own Google alert. He probably Facebooked live the landing himself. I mean, that's what made that whole press conference so unbelievable a couple weeks ago was, who is this guy telling us he's tired of media attention when he creates more attention than anybody we've ever covered? Uh, Tim, will Le'Veon Bell be a topic uh, among the players and coaches in his absence? Yeah, he already has been. In fact, Pouncey went so far today, Mark, as to say, and I don't know where he got this arbitrary number, but he said, I want him to show up four days earlier. Now, I don't know what those four days are, of how important they are. I guess he means basically the four days between the end of preseason game number three and what would then be the worthless preseason game number four. Well, worthless for guys like Le'Veon Bell and Marquise Pouncey anyway. Uh, I guess that's where that number came from. But he did say he wanted to show up a little earlier. You know, Bell and his agent have sort of hinted that would happen, but... Uh, that has been a topic so far with some of the players that were uh, talking. I was kind of hoping more of the running backs would talk because I'd like to hear what their reaction is to the whole changing of the market in Gurley's contract yesterday after Bell's contract uh, negotiations fizzled out. But, yeah, th- that will be something that will be discussed. Uh, aren't Connor and Ridley in an odd position, Tim? Because they have a chance to prove something, but they can't possibly prove enough. Right. I, I kind of think, um, well, there's definitely more in the line this year for Landry Jones and for Mason Rudolph, but it's kind of the same thing. You know what's going to happen with every snap. You're simply being scrutinized by the coaches as to not being good enough to start, but being good enough to back up the guy who will. Uh, I think you're exactly right. It's just kind of a race right now to see who is uh, better served to stand in for Bell in the preseason, and should he go down at some point in the regular season. I think they want it. Well, I know, I know they want it to be Connor, but we haven't seen him stay healthy long enough. I'm just hoping he gets through the run test. We're talking to Tim Benz live from Latrobe, site of Steelers training camp here on 105.9 The X. You mentioned the run test, Tim. When is the run test, and who's going to flunk it? And I really do miss Casey Hampton when it comes to the run test. Yeah, and you know what? They're trying to guard against a lot of those guys running, it appears now, Mark. Uh, I was just looking out over uh, before your phone call came in, and Cam Hayward isn't running. Most of the offensive line is not running. Everybody else appears to be running. Ben Roethlisberger, by the way, showing great leadership, uh, crossing the end zone while everybody else was pulling up just to show Mason Rudolph, who's still boss. Uh when you say that certain guys don't have to take the run test, what do you mean? Is it is it like, because that's lack of discipline, isn't it, James Harrison? <laughs> well, that's usually something that the coach, even going back to Cowher, would designate in advance if some guys have a nagging medical issue or they just don't want some of the bigger guys running. Uh, now, Hampton was, I don't know if that was for everybody to watch and everybody have fun with or what, but uh, from time to time, even during Cowher's era, there were certain guys that didn't run I know Foster was dealing with a little something during the mini camp. We'll see about the other guys, uh, Pouncey and Hayward in particular. I didn't know about Hayward really having much of anything. I guess he missed the mini camp workout or two. But yeah, some of the bigger guys did not run today. What is up for grabs at Steelers training camp? What positions 
And how many roster spots? Because I look at the depth chart, I think maybe a couple positions are up for grabs, like free safety and, and one of the inside backer spots. And I think only the most meaningless of roster spots are up for grabs. Oh, I'm with you. There's not a lot to be won here in Latrobe, like you were just talking about. I mean, what's to be won on offense, right? More or less the key backer to Lev Bell. That would be one. I guess Vance McDonald firmly designating himself as starting tight end for Jesse J- in front of Jesse James. That will probably happen. I think we all know that's going to happen. Meanwhile, in defense, like you said, it's trying to figure out what to do in place of Ryan Cesar instead of who flat out is going to start in front of him. And the free safety position is probably the most interesting because even Keith Butler himself went so far as to say, I don't think we have anybody there yet at the end of minicamp, so that's definitely one to watch. As I wrote in the trip today, I think somewhere or another my gut just tells me Cam Sutton's going to find himself starting or extremely in an elevated role as opposed to last year. I don't know if that's free safety. I don't know if that's beating out Artie Burns maybe stealing the slide corner spot from Mike Hilton, or if Joe Hayden walks away from the preseason with a nick or a ding. Uh, but I see this guy playing more in this season. Now, you mentioned Vance McDonald. I can see him being the number two target. Well, maybe number three if you include Le'Veon Bell. But I can see him jumping ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster in Ben's reads. Ben likes the tight end. He likes McDonald. And I can see Smith-Schuster kind of backsliding because, well... He pays attention to a lot of stuff besides football. He does, but I don't see his role changing all that much. In other words, like I don't see him trying to replace Martavis Bryant. I think a lot of the outside stuff, the down-the-sideline stuff, will go to James Washington. You'll see Juju still operate from the inside as he did last year. So I don't see the role changing and being more challenging for Juju Smith-Schuster. I still think he'll be the number two and... Yeah, maybe McDonald the number three before Washington. But uh, then again, uh, maybe we started seeing that happening anyway, Mark, in that AFC playoff game where he was targeted so much against the Jaguars. Maybe that was the beginning of the transition. Keith Butler said the Steelers are going to hit more at training camp. Uh, Are you buying it? Because I'm not. No, I I don't think so. I think we hear that a lot before camp. And then once they get into camp, maybe they do it early for a practice or two, and then it wanes. Um, You know, and there's a difference, Mark, as you well know, between hitting – and tackling. Uh, you can talk about hitting as much as you want and contact as much as you want, but when it comes to you know finishing sacks and tackling the running backs to the ground, uh, you still so rarely see that in training camp these days. Uh, they can have more contact, maybe more backs on backers, things of that nature, the occasional goal line drill, but I'm more concerned about them boosting through a hole and trying to tackle Leonard Fournette before he makes a cut, as opposed to what we saw twice against Jacksonville last year, aren't you? Oh no! A- absolutely, I, uh, I I just look look at the camp in, in general. Though I don't think the defense can improve that much. I mean, like they only got who they got. Their spots up for grabs, but nobody good are necessarily going to claim them. Whereas, like the offense just is what it is too, and it's good. It's just it's a battle of the two platoons, Tim. I think it's going to yeah. be the Pittsburgh offense against the Pittsburgh defense uh, in most games. Yeah, and gee, who do you think should win that battle, right? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think the offense should definitely win a lot. In that oh, I don't know. Or... I don't know. I mean, no? I, 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 that Pitts, well, put it this way. The Pittsburgh defense beat the Pittsburgh offense against Jacksonville in that playoff game. Uh, I know the well, offense I... coughed up some points, but the, the defense didn't exactly stance the flow. Oh no no I don't think that I don't think the defense yeah I, I think the offense is far better and far more ahead than the defense 
especially with the returning talent. I think, Mark, what you might see on the defense, whether they want to admit it or not, is if things go badly this year, this young defensive core might have a fast rebuild going into next season. Like, you know, I know they picked up Dupree's option, but, I mean, do you really think that they're going to go through without trying to replace him, a la what they did with Jarvis Jones one year out? Um, I think that you could also see, like we just talked about with the guys in the secondary, if Burns and Davis don't get better, uh, maybe they start planning ahead in the draft for next year as opposed to activating those guys and their options coming up. It could be a fast rebuild to what has already become a young defense. What can they work on at camp to fix that defense? Not not for later, not for next year, but for right now, for this year. Well, a lot of it has to do with communication for the new players and the new roles. That's the big thing. Uh, that's one thing that Morgan Burnett was brought here to do, and that's a lot to put on the plate of a new guy. I remember James Ferrier, as smart as he was by his own admission, struggling with that in his first year with the Steelers then getting much better at it in year number two. But that's something they're already talking about publicly asking for Burnett. Uh, I think the big thing that they're working on... Yeah, Burnett's one guy, though. Yeah, right. I I think the safeties, all of them, Sean Davis, uh, maybe having to make some calls at free safety, and that has me worried a bit since he's making a position change himself, learning a new position he's never played before. If you're talking about what they're working on, uh, I think those are things that they are working on and basically figuring out who's going to play in what position in the nickel and the dime packages, which will be different without Ryan Shazier, who never left the field last year. That's something they got to work on, too. Well, I just look, I'm just on on Twitter, and there's a a Mark Cabali story coming out at The Athletic about the, the, the training camp arrivals. And the headline is, the Steelers seemingly have everything in place for a Super Bowl run. I just don't see how you could look at that defense and possibly conclude that. No, this is, their, as I wrote in the trip, their last best chance, particularly offensively, but there are so many questions about. Part of the reason I wrote that about Ben Roethlisberger in the waning stages of his career is that even if he's good, even if James Washington replaces Martavis, even if McDonald is better, as we just talked about, and Lev has a standout season as he tries to get to free agency, that may not overcome. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, man? There's always been an unspoken dynamic. I am a a lot smarter than you. Okay, so maybe it's a spoken dynamic. The X at 105.9. Steelers training camp started today. The players reported Antonio Brown showed up in a helicopter. Vince Williams showed up imitating Stone Cold Steve Austin. The players who were asked, Marquise Ponce, Cam Hayward, kind of defended Mike Tomlin when asked about what James Harrison said about Tomlin playing favorites and about Tomlin's lack of discipline. But none of them flat out said Harrison's wrong, and that's not true about Tomlin. Probably because Harrison's right, and those things are true about the Steelers' coach. Pirates lost today. The winning streak ends at 11. That's okay. Just beat the Mets three out of four at least, and you're moving in the right direction still. And hopefully you force your general manager to be a buyer at the deadline. Or at least stamp out. Uh, I keep getting told I should just enjoy the win streak, but uh, don't tell me what I should and shouldn't enjoy. That's a big problem with America right now. People tell other people what to think. It happens constantly. And as a result, people develop radical opinions. That's the reaction to being told what to think. But why do people think I get mad when the Pirates win? What would you possibly think I have to gain from the Pirates winning? Why would you think 
I celebrate them losing. I get that all the time, and I don't know why. I get mad when the Penguins lose or when Liverpool lose. That's really all I've got time to worry about. The Pirates are way, way on my periphery. So tell me, why would I get mad when the Pirates win? 412-333-9939. Uh, Pirate fans are so used to being the losing fans here in Pittsburgh that they've conjured up an us-versus-them mentality. But they dilute that mentality, the credibility of that mentality, by not going to PNC Park to watch games. You watch. There's going to be 15 to 17K at PNC for tomorrow's game against the Mets. And given how the Pirates have done recently with the 11-game win streak, there should be at least 25K. And I get that, too. I do. Because an 11-game win streak doesn't fix all the distrust. It's going to take more than that, like being a buyer at the deadline, among other things. Let's go to Jeff on the road. Jeff, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Afternoon, Mark. How are Good you? afternoon. I uh, wanted to chime in on the high school sports uh, issue that you were speaking of, and I'm from Ohio. And this has been a hot-button topic in Ohio for over 30 or 40 years. I can't believe it's a hot-button topic anywhere, but go ahead. (laughs) Well, amongst the high school sports fans, let's put it that way. And uh, in in Ohio, we we, we use terminology privates versus publics, but it's been uh, been changed now in the last two years that they use the system that is exactly what you were talking about. Uh, they they take the enrollment figures and there's seven divisions in in football, uh, and they move the privates up one division, and it seems over the last couple of years to have helped. Uh, I, there's seven hundred. Yeah, I think if you want to handicap the privates a little bit and move them up one division higher than their enrollment dictates, I understand that. But to put them in separate leagues or divisions, that that's going too far. It's complicating something that should be simple. Anything involving kids should be really simple. If you go to the school, you can play for the school. I don't care if you transfer there because you paid money, because it's a private institution. I don't care if you transferred to another public school for athletic intent. If you go to the school, you can play for the school and put all the schools in the same league. Again, just keep it simple. No matter what you do, most of the schools aren't going to win. Somebody's always going to be mad and whine because that's the way of our world now. But but keep it simple. Uh, I agree. I agree well, wholeheartedly. They they tried that. Uh, they they kicked that around for years and years about separating the, the championships. You know, well, here in Pittsburgh, and, and thank you for the call. Here in Pittsburgh, they used to have a separate Catholic league. That's dating back uh, to the mid seventies and before. But they just decided not to do it. I think because Catholic high schools kind of faded, and there were less and less all the time. Let's go to Jeff on the Parkway. Jeff, you're on 105.9 The X. How you doing, Mark? Good. Uh, yeah, I, when I grew up in Pittsburgh and competed in high school sports, and it was always kind of frustrating competing against private schools because they almost always had a better team from a larger area, and it was it was frustrating. It almost took the fun out of playing them just in general. Well, well if, 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 if the fun was taken out of high school sports for you because you played teams that were better than you, then, then quite honestly, you're a whiny baby. No, it's just it, 
that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's it's not it's not even competitive because they're What school did you go to? I went to Hampton. Okay, and who did you play against where it was unfair? Shadyside. It wasn't it was never a competition when we competed against them. They just they always won. They Hampton has the, beaten Shadyside repeatedly in sports over the years. Maybe it was you and your team. Maybe you guys just weren't very good. No, I, but what I'm saying in in terms of the, so explicitly swimming. What Shady oh, side swimming? No, Shady goodbye. Nobody cares about swimming. Goodbye. What do you mark Spitz? Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. Swimming. Ryan Lochte over there. Going to talk to Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, huge fan. Love the show. Because that's what you got to do. Hey, Mark, big fan and all that. I, 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 I think you're on to something. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X, joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Uh, Bob, I'm heading to Chicago this weekend to see Paul Rogers. I just looked at his set list. No firm songs. Oh, my God. You're kidding me. No, all bad company and free with an emphasis on free. That is absolutely shocking. I, <laughs> I am stunned to hear that. He could do the whole first side of the firm's first release. Well, it's 50 wow. years of free. I, I think he's you know trying to commemorate that anniversary, but that that's disappointing. And I got to tell you, I mean, I'm committed to go now. I got the flight, the hotel, the tickets. I'll go to Gibson's. I'll have a good time. Had I known he was not going to do any free songs, I would have reconsidered going. I'm shocked by that. I mean, no satisfaction guaranteed. That's got to be a staple of every one of his shows since that came out. Well, enough stuff that only I care about. Uh, what's your take on A.B. arriving at Steelers training camp in a helicopter and Vince Williams arriving in the persona of Stone Cold Steve Austin? Well, the best uh, reaction I saw to both of those situations was, remember Randy Slack, ex of this parish, now doing a morning show somewhere in the South? Of course I do. He jumped on Twitter and said, that's the wrong knee brace <laughs> for, for Vince Williams. Well, right, because Austin always wore knee braces. <laughs> so if anyone's going to pick that out, it's Slack, so I got to chuckle out of well, that. Well, Austin, out of necessity, his knees were, were, were shot by the time he was doing the Stone Cold gimmick. What about uh, Antonio Brown arriving in the helicopter? You know what? It's, you know... You could see it coming, par for the course. He, he had to one-up every year. I don't know what he does next year. Um, but I, I, I Maybe kind the of helicopter ex- crashes next year. Well, I could kind of expect the helicopter this year because after the Rolls Royces of a few years and then the vintage. Chauffeurs, everything, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I have no problem with him arriving in a helicopter, but I will make jokes about you know his Instagram models arriving in a limo instead of the helicopter because his girlfriend was in the helicopter and i'll make jokes about him not having rings and i'll make jokes about him parking the helicopter in a handicap space i I mean it's just (laughs) i don't mind that he does it i just find him irritating and if that makes me an old man who yells at clouds them of an old man that yells at clouds but it just irritates me well those are all fair game just because of his presence on social media and out in the media but the most appropriate comment that you made during the show today was that this is a guy that just a couple months ago was just blasting everyone because almost in tears because he never had a private moment because media was everywhere and he was always in the spotlight and now he arrives in a helicopter exactly and and you know what they lined the they took the media up there 
They lined the media up. They right, had the right. ground arranged, arranged by him, by them through him. Right. And then he got off the helicopter, Mark, and he got onto like one of those million dollar Prevost bus and the bus took him down the hill. Well, I don't think the media got chauffeured up that hill. I saw I saw Kevin Colbert walking up the hill through the parking lot to greet them. So, uh, yeah, if he's going to complain about the media hounding him everywhere he goes, you got to quit doing things like this that are just they're demanding media attention, not just asking for it. Now, um, interesting talk about the running back position with me and Tim Benz. You got Ridley and Connor who are going to get every rep, every snap, all the carries in the preseason, right? Yeah. No matter how much they prove, they can't prove enough. They're getting like a false opportunity. If they're if they're competing for anything, it's the number two job this year and a chance to have a chance to win the number one job next year, but only a chance to have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget Fitz Toussaint is somewhere in there because they may need another body. But I would think that uh, if you're going to say Ridley and Connor, I think it would be Connor and Ridley. Um, I-, I liked Ridley last year with a very limited action that we saw from him uh you know he's gonna be he's either is 30 or gonna be 30 yeah but but they like connor absolutely they do like connor and you know i know you had mark caballi on last week and there was some discussion as to how good you think connor can be i'm not gonna bet against connor and I'm not just saying that because I'm a pit uh, guy. Yeah, you are. And you're, you're, I'm you're, not. You're, 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 I am not. You're playing I can make into a strong, the story, the great I'm story. I'm not, Mark. I can make a strong case that, yeah, he has really prepared himself physically this year. He is, I mean, Mark, he was one of the top backs when he came out of college. So if he gets some of that back, I mean, the, the competition is still the same because he's progressed with the same backs that he ran against and the same defenses he ran against in college. I know you step it up a lot more, but I'm not going to count that guy out. Uh, until I see it, because yeah, injuries are part of his past. Yeah, the illness was part of his past. Uh, if there's one guy I'm going to count on to maybe come over that, it's going to be James Conner. So I, I'm really interested to see what he does this year. Ridley's 29, you know. Yeah, just yeah, he's going to be 30 very he's, soon. He's been cut so many times; it's a wonder he ain't bled to death. Yeah, but he, I, I thought he was okay in the two or three appearances he had last year. He did start for the Patriots at one point. Yeah, got a ring. Hey, he's got a ring. Now, did anybody land in a helicopter at Patriots training camp? Oh, man. you They don't even report that. They could care less. Bob, isn't there a comparison to be drawn there? Isn't there, you know, don't you look at the team that just courts attention and, and is composed of attention whores that doesn't win the ring, and then there's the team that isn't like that that wins all the time? Don't you have to conclude something there at some point in some instances yeah you do mark but in this case this is part of traditional latrobe i've never been to new england's training camp i have no idea if they have the same setup or anything close to it i know it is more business-like you've got how many people coming out and saying that james harrison just the latest one um but i think and yet somehow tom brady maintains the spotlight well, Tom Brady's got his own Aston Martin named after him. He must designed be, must, the damn must, thing. Must be all those rings, too. <laughs> right, right. But I'm saying that this is kind of result, removed from that because it's tradition at Latrobe. This well, is why just is it tradition. What do you mean tradition? It just became it's tradition all, because they do it right. every year. How'd Jack Ham get to camp? How'd Franco get to camp? How'd Terry Bradshaw get to camp? I don't remember. It's not tradition. Well, I wonder what actually. It, 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 it's a very recent development. Brought on by the No Ring Mafia. How about a recent tradition? No, they were doing it before the No Ring Mafia. Really? Who did it? That's a great story that you could do one day for the trip. (laughs) I don't think they did it back then, Tim. (laughs) Has Ben ever done it? He's got two rings, you know. 
What's Ben show up in? I can't remember him ever showing up. That's right. Although you did have other people showing up. You know what Ben does? Ben parks his truck and goes to work. Max Starks had some rings. He showed up in like a little Mini Cooper one year that he was. He came with Ben. He actually drove Ben one year in one of those little Mini Coopers. I think he owned the dealership, though. Uh, Real quick, I played the what if game earlier in the program, and I pointed out that the Pirates could have kept Cole and Hap, and if they had, and you added their current salaries into payroll, that's still ranked 22nd in payroll. That was the point. I get all these goofy tweets and a couple calls. Oh, they were never going to keep those guys right because of the money. That's yeah, because, the point. The yeah. point is if they had kept them, they would still rank 22nd in MLB and payroll, yeah, which they, means they should have kept them. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, just because they didn't keep them, it's because that's their MO. That's what they do. That's what everybody is pissed about right now. Who's pissed? Uh, Pirate huh. fans defend that. No, 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 no. Can't not pay all those guys. Now look at all the people staying away Can't right now. Can't spend that, that kind of money. That. Well, that's true. The silent majority. Yeah, but you know what, Mark? You said it earlier in the show. Even if those guys would have stayed here, they'd still be pitching the contact, and they, they wouldn't be what they were doing in Houston and in Toronto right now. And wouldn't it be funny if Hap comes back to the Pirates, if the Pirates are the team they're, that they, Toronto's they, writing about I mean, right now? Bob, be quiet, please. <laughs> what, the, what free songs do you remember? Um, Obviously, all right now is the big one. Yeah, and there was one other big one. Um, see, now I got all these. Fire uh, and water? No. Fire and water. I got Must that whole firm CD. You that daughter. Closer is a great song by the firm. I can't believe he's not going to do that one either. He, he won't be doing that. That's Bob McLaughlin. Brought to you 84 Lumber on Mark Madden. In just 30 seconds. What do I got in 30 seconds? Today's show has been relatively haphazard because the Pirates played during it. My God, did I forget to do a list? Oh, no, here it is. 105.90X.